This is Jacob Emerson with the Becker's Payer Issues podcast. Here's your daily industry news briefing for April 10th. Optum has purchased Middletown, New York-based Crystal Run Healthcare, a multi-specialty physician group with over 400 providers across more than 30 locations. The deal was made official in late February, according to a letter from Crystal Run CEO Hal Teitelbaum to employees obtained by Mid-Hudson News. The purchase was not publicly disclosed by Optum or Crystal Run. Dr. Teitelbaum wrote to employees that the company will join Optum as part of its tri-state team and will no longer have physician owners. Crystal Run provides care across nearly 50 specialties in the Hudson Valley and lower Catskill region of New York. In February, Optum closed on a $5 billion acquisition of LHC Group, a home health company with 30,000 employees across 38 states. Last year, the company purchased at least five other provider groups. In total, it employs or is affiliated with 70,000 physicians across 2,200 locations nationwide. Well, CMS issued a final rule April 5th that, among many other things, aims to streamline Medicare Advantage and Part D prior authorizations and clamp down on misleading marketing practices. That rule requires that coordinated care plan prior authorization policies may only be used to confirm the presence of diagnoses or other medical criteria and or ensure that an item or service is medically necessary. It also requires coordinated care plans to provide a minimum 90-day transition period when a beneficiary undergoing treatment switches to a new Medicare Advantage plan. During that period, the new plan cannot require prior authorization for the active course of treatment. To ensure that prior auth is used appropriately, CMS is requiring all Medicare Advantage plans to establish utilization management committees to review policies annually and to ensure consistency with traditional Medicare national and local coverage decisions and guidelines. That final rule also requires that approval of prior authorization requests for a course of treatment must be valid as long as medically necessary and reasonable and necessary to avoid disruptions in care in accordance with applicable coverage criteria, the patient's medical history, and the treating provider's recommendation. To address misleading marketing practices, CMS is providing is prohibiting ads that do not mention a specific plan name, as well as advertisements that use words and imagery that may confuse potential beneficiaries. It also is prohibiting ads from using language or Medicare logos in ways that are misleading, confusing, or misrepresentative. The final rule also finalizes a health equity index required for star ratings beginning in 2027. It expands requirements for MA plans to provide culturally and linguistically appropriate services and implements Inflation Reduction Act provisions to make prescription drugs more affordable for eligible low-income beneficiaries. Well, the Cigna Group is pushing for more of its employees to return to the office. That's according to the Hartford Current. In an email to employees obtained by the newspaper, Cigna's CEO David Gordani said the company's ultimate goal is to bring the number of employees working in office close to pre-pandemic levels. He said in an email that innovation and brainstorming are most effective in person to easily build on each other's ideas, problem solve, and ideate. Around 90% of Cigna's employees are currently working fully or mostly remote. Cigna's stance is opposite to many payers who have cut back on office space recently as employees continue to work in hybrid or remote models. Well, the U.S. Office of Personnel Management is seeking contract proposals from payers as it creates a new health plan for the U.S. Postal Service employees and their families. According to an interim final rule posted by the agency April 6, the Postal Service Reform Act of last year requires a separate postal plan to be set up 
under the Federal Employees Health Benefits Program. The interim rule provides details on preliminary costs, deadlines, and regulations for how the new plan will work. As of last, as of 2021, there are 915,000 USPS employees who use the Federal Employee Health Benefits Plan. The Postal Service Health Plan will be more integrated with Medicare and will eliminate pre-funding requirements for retiree benefits. And if, if an employee or family member retires before after 2024, they must enroll in Medicare Part B under the new plan. Payers must submit contract proposals this August, and those will be reviewed this fall. Selected carriers will have to submit rates and benefit proposals by May 1st of next year. Open enrollment would take place between November 11th and December 9th of next year, and benefits would start in 2025. And finally, Aetna is facing a looming contract expiration with the six, with six University of California health systems. That's according to the Sacramento Bee. University of California at Davis Health sent letters to 6,900 patients with Aetna informing them that the systems will be out of network if a new contract agreement is not reached by April 22nd. The other systems affected by the contract negotiations include UC San Diego Health, UC San Francisco, UC Los Angeles, UC Irvine, and UC Riverside. Again, those are the health systems associated with the universities. Those contract negotiations affect Aetna, HMO, and PPO members. The negotiations do not include Medi-Cal plans. If you'd like the latest payer and healthcare industry news delivered to your inbox every morning, subscribe to the Becker's Payer Issues e-newsletter on our website at beckerspayer.com.